Welcome to the Lockdown Inn, the home of the Regulars podcast. Join Elliot Richardson, Jed Pemberfee, Charlie Hopper and myself, George Sanderson, every week as we talk about current affairs, sports news and a fair amount of complete nonsense. Each episode, we invite a special guest into the Lockdown Inn as we try to recreate a night down the pub from the safety of our own homes. Want to keep up to date with our latest content? Make sure you drop us a cheeky follow on Instagram and Twitter at RegularsPodUK. Good evening and welcome back to the Lockdown Inn for what is episode, is it six of the Regulars podcast? Oh, I've forgotten that already. <laughs> what a good start! Oh, we can the professional, off, Jed. We can slag off my ending from last week, but that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to the lockdown in, and where last week we uh, paid homage to the late Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh. I want to uh, raise a toast tonight to the death of football. <laughs> chin chin. The European Super League chin, chin. has just been announced, and we. Uh, as a bit of a reaction, are going to have a European Super League special. I'm joined, of course, by the eponymous regulars, Charlie Hopper, Elliot Richardson and George Sanderson. Hello, guys. How are we doing? Depressed, mate. Absolutely depressed. Because my club is actually in this shithousery. <laughs> That's why. We'll get back to that at the moment. What are you drinking tonight, Elliot? Um, I've actually got Amaretto and Coke. Because I've tried it for Ooh. the first time the other week. Tried it for the first time. I absolutely, absolutely love it. It's my go-to now. Got to be my go-to. We're, we're actually drinking alcohol for once. Charlie, please be the same. No, I've, I've just gone for some iron brew. Oh, this is this is uh, poor now. Yeah, sorry, lads. Um, that's about that's about as pissed poor as. I don't want to go. I don't want to have any alcohol because my anger levels are already up here. <laughs> if you go anymore, then it will just turn into an abs- an issue with PG and everything. So. George, can you uh, rock the boot and push it out with a cup of tea or something this week? No, I've just had to sprint to my kitchen. That's why my picture disappeared, because I've forgotten to get my classic book, Buxton Water without the label. Nice, I've had to sprint halfway across the house to go and get it. Do you take the label off, or is your fridge just full of unlabeled bottled water? <laughs> no, I take the label off. One by one. I take oh, the label off. I don't know no. why. Please don't ask. But I was going to ask, but okay, that's fine. I don't know. I just started doing it and then never stopped. Addiction, mate. And every week we are joined by a special guest, Elle. And this week we are joined by actually the first female we've had on this podcast so far. So it's a wonderful moment for <laughs> Exeter City FC trustee and a University of Bath student, Yasmin Weston. Yasmin, welcome to the Lockdown Inn. Thank you for having me. I always get a little bit apprehensive as to how people introduce me because... I feel like there are so many ways that you could introduce me and still miss something out. So <laughs> there we go. You've done it. Well, you reminded me by wearing your Exeter City top this evening. So we're all, uh, we're all in the good books today. And of course, Exeter City are a fandom club. So what is the initial reaction around the club about the European Super League today? I think it's been one of those things of kind of, it's obviously very far removed from us in League Two. Mm. Um, it's obviously not something unfortunately that we were consulted about as much as we do play exquisite football um very disappointed to not be um asked given the call up but again I think it's one of those things as a supporter owned club is something again with the German clubs saying no is something that is immediately thrust to us being a supporter owned club and obviously a lot of the main opponents that are speaking out against this at the six clubs that have signed up to this are their supporters trusts so as a trust-owned club, we we are kind of thrust into this debate. So it's been an interesting one. It's been an interesting one to get our heads around. Obviously, there's been a statement that we've released. Um, I don't think there was a corner flag involved, much to my disappointment. <laughs> um, but there was a statement released. And obviously, it's something that we have to think about um, as a club and as a trust that is dedicated to the trust movement in terms of how we move forward in this. So... It's been an interesting day. A lot of time spent on emails today. And the impotence, of course, as being a trust-owned club, it's about bringing in the supporters, bringing in more members. As the club looked at trying to branch out today of all days to uh, to grow the fan base. Yeah, definitely. I think it's something 
you know, with both hats on as somebody who does a little bit of media for the club, but also the trust, I think it's very important to obviously distinguish the two and that as much as they are intertwined, they're very separate. And I think there are a lot of people up and down the country at the moment that support these six teams that are looking at kind of, you know, where, where, where do their allegiances lie in terms of, you know, do I want to continue to support this club? Does this club have my best interests at heart? And as a supporter and club, you know, our first and foremost is keeping Exit City alive, but also how our decisions impact our fan base. And, you know, it's, it's a key goal of ours to expand our fan base. Um, and already today, you would have seen that both the trust social media and the club social media have been, you know, really promoting the fact that our fans feel so strongly about us as a football club, but also in kind of reaching out to those people, you know, who maybe have recently moved down to Devon and happen to support one of these six teams that they always have a seat at Exeter City and they always have a place on the big bank if they so choose. Um, and, you know, we are an option and we will welcome them with open arms and a pint of Thatcher's. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice today that um, uh, someone asked uh, whether it's mandatory to drink cider supporting Exeter City. I think, uh, uh, in fact, it was me that said, yeah, it is mandatory only to numb the pain. It's been quite a tough season, has it not? Yeah, I think it's been it's been tough on a, on a number of levels. I think, obviously, Judd, you know who I am working yeah, with yeah. me. Um, <laughs> I detest football sat on the sofa I hate <laughs> yes. it I hate it you know I I didn't like football before I went to an Exeter City game and it's just as much the occasion as it is the 90 minutes of football that make football for me and I think that's what as a football fan first and foremost because that's what I am above anything else as a football fan is what incenses me the most about what has been proposed today is the fact that that 90 minutes of football stood on the big bank at Exeter, the cop at, you know, Liverpool, mm. is what makes you a football fan. It's getting involved in those chants. It's going to the pub beforehand. You're not going to be able to get that when your club plays at Barcelona twice a se season. You're not going to be able to get that when it's not an occasion anymore. And, you know, that's what I've missed this season. As much as I've been able to go to games as club media, it's, it's you know when that fourth goal goes in at Cambridge and, you know, you're beating the league leaders, it's been in that away end. And, you know, when Matt Jay scored his first goal there, I launched a bolty pie across the stand. Like <laughs> it's, it's that emotion that makes yes. football for me and makes it for so many. And above the performances, it doesn't matter if the team is doing well or doing badly. It's the people that make football. And that's what I've missed this season. And I think there's so many parallels between football support in general this season, but obviously what has broken in the last 24 hours in terms of what is happening in the top flight of football at the moment and do you think there is a stupidity of audacity that's coming from these from these premier league big six owners it hurts it really hurts because you know like obviously being a trustee of exeter city supporters trust i've i've watched this football club and many other football clubs go through the last 12 months and you know I've spent my personal time as a university student you guys being uni students yourself know how difficult the last year has been for us as uni students but on top of that you know I sit on the finance and governance committee of the supporters trust I've I've seen the finances of this football club I've seen you know players being furloughed players taking pay cuts you know staff being made redundant because of the COVID-19 pandemic and you know to see the dichotomy between lower league football in this country and owners that want to line their own pockets it's it's something I feel very fortunate to feel very alienated from it's something I, I can't comprehend because I don't live it and I'm very lucky to support and be involved in a football club that doesn't that doesn't know that you know there are so many things this season I think that as Exeter City fans we've been so heartened to see the fact that we are involved in this football club you know seeing Barry fold was a big one for yeah. Exeter City fans, I think, knowing that hopefully that will never happen to us. Mm. And this is another one, knowing that as a fan, but also as a trustee, I have a level of control to make sure that this will never happen to my football club. On the other end of the spectrum, I'm, I'm going to direct this one at Elliot this time. Uh, obviously, you're a Manchester United fan. How disengaged do you feel of your club tonight? It's, it's shambles. I really can't understand. It's not, obviously, I'm a United fan, but... I feel just as strongly about any any of the teams that are part of it. It just doesn't make any sense. 
it is just all about money, isn't it? It's all about the, the foreign owners of the club who have nothing to do with football. You probably don't even like football. Just throwing the money around, thinking they can change a, a tradition that's been around for centuries or whatever. And I, I just really can't stand the logic, and especially the timing as well. I don't understand why now. Why would you not wait? I think I saw Jamie Carragher talk before and he was saying that this Leeds-Liverpool um, game that's on now, it's just like, what is the point? Why, why does it matter? If Liverpool win and get top four, why does it matter if they're going to be somewhere else next year? It just takes the fun out of it. And I just really can't understand what's going on. Charlie, have you got anything to build on that? Um, well, I mean, as a uh, as a Scarborough supporter as well as Middlesbrough, I mean, I've watched or I've seen my hometown club fall and fold before. Um albeit it was Jimmy Glass, who at the time was an on-loan goalkeeper at Carlisle United, who relegated us from the uh, Football League. And I hope this is accurate news for Carlisle fans' sake. Carlisle have scored in the last minute of their game against Plymouth. We hear that Jimmy Glass, the goalkeeper, has scored for Carlisle. He's on loan there. He was taken on loan after Carlisle sold their only goalkeeper on deadline day. Carlisle have won by two goals to one in the last minute with a goal from their on-loan goalkeeper, would you believe? And Scarborough, having been held to a 1-1 draw, they thought they were safe, and suddenly that safety's been snatched from them. They're flat down and out. You know, it was, it was his goal, a freak goal from the corner that relegated us and we never came back, but now we're, now we're a supporters' own club. I, I, you know, you obviously feel like <clears throat> you're in a privileged position because you can, you can sort of, as, as Yasmin said about, you know, you can monitor how... Um, you know the finances of, of how the club goes, but it just it fills me with a lot of anger, um, really, with everything that's going on. And my personal opinion is the fact that the Premier League and whoever else is involved needs to grow some bollocks and kick them, get rid of them, just mm. get rid of them out of the Premier League, and then don't let them come back. And you know that that's the way that it's going to be. Take them out of everything now. That's it. Just get rid, Jed. Get rid. <laughs> Done. <laughs> George, do you feel that that's a suitable uh, resolution? I mean, I think if it does go ahead, I think banning the players that want to go and play in that league is probably about right. And definitely banning the clubs. If they go and join this league, they shouldn't be uh, playing in the Premier League and stuff like that. I, I just don't understand why they... Well, obviously for the money, but why they think that the fans are going to be on board with this. Because... Exactly. Like, yes, as much as Man United fans might want to be able to be guaranteed to play the biggest clubs or whatever every single season. You've got to earn it, though. Yeah, exactly. You, You've got you to earn the, your place. You, you play the big teams because you deserve the right to be there. United aren't in the Champions League because they didn't deserve the right to be there. They got beat. So why now? Especially, it's even worse when it's Arsenal and Tottenham. I think it's just a bit of arrogance from the clubs. It's obviously like the whole greed part of it, but the arrogance for them to go... We are the six biggest clubs in the exactly. UK when actually only Man United and Man City are towards the top of the league. The rest of them, I think the fifth, sixth, seventh and ninth, something yeah. like that. I, the Spurs, and, when's the last time Spurs won a trophy? And they're going to be put in a league where they can't even get relegated from it. I just don't understand. So as then. much as I'd like the whole, if it does happen, there'll be no relegation from the Premier League and Chef United will survive. Like As much <laughs> as I'd love that, and as much as it'd be funny to have a Premier League that has Barnsley, Brentford and Bournemouth back in it mm. and stuff like that, but none of the big clubs, like it just doesn't make sense. I think that it is going to fall flat on its face because, I mean, Mourinho's got the sack today. Whether that was related to the Super League, I'm not 100% oh, sure, but it, it looks definitely like has to be. might walk. I think it's got to be clear that. I, I think Mourinho... I think Mourinho's a bit too strong of an opinion yeah. on it. That's him. what I mean. Mourinho might be hated by loads. Obviously, he's very controversial, but mm. he loves football deep exactly. down. And this new football that's coming into the world isn't the football he wants to be part of. Mm. He's probably not even know anything about it. He's probably not even been told anything about it until it all broke yesterday. Yeah. Same with Solskjaer and Pep. They don't know anything about it. It's the owners. That's the that's the most important thing that we have to look at this here is the fact that, you know, tonight it's those it's those players that are walking out in those Liverpool shirts and the managers and the staff at Liverpool Football Club that I really feel for this evening. They are small fish in a very big pond at Liverpool Football Club. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they are so removed from what happens in those boardrooms. But at the same time, they are property of those people that work in those boardrooms. And mm -hmm. I think this season, especially, we've seen the sacrifices that football players make. 
in the fact that, you know, they spent large majorities of their year away from their families in bubbles to protect themselves and their families and their teammates and their families from COVID traveling up and down the country. And these players are just trying to make a living in the same way that we all do. And they don't have any control over this, but they have to go out there and they have to play for the shirt. And the owners of these football clubs have them in the palm of their hands and they can do whatever they want with them because ultimately it's the players that suffer in all of this. You know, if a player gets banned from playing his con- from his- for his country, that's every football player's dream, mm. you know, to play for their country, for the English players in the Liverpool team tonight, to put on an England shirt at the Euros and hopefully win the Euros is a dream, is a childhood dream in the same way that playing for the prep playing in the Premier League is for all those kids that are going through those six academies. It's their dreams. And it's so soul destroying to see those being played with. And it's, it is, it's the players that I feel for tonight that are, you know, running out in those shirts to play for something that means so much in this 24 hours, but means so little in the context of what could be this time next year. You touched on something very interesting there that I haven't brought up is the families, is the families of these players. Uh, a footballer can go and play a game on a Saturday and if it's in the country he can come home and he can come yeah. home and uh, be with his family but if he's darting across Europe and even some people have talked about neutral venues that could be as far as China and Australia and Azerbaijan that's going to be terrible to try and raise a family in that environment because yeah. I know there's a lot of young players like Phil Foden who's got a young family that he needs to look after but he can't do that from afar it's always the I think the fans as well like imagine going to an away game at Barcelona. If you want to go to an away game in the Premier League, you need what? Maybe like travel up there and then just your ticket, obviously. But paying for a plane ride to Barcelona and hotels, it's going to cost so much money just to go and watch a game of football. And God knows how long COVID's going to be going on for. Exactly. In terms of how many places can you realistically travel to at the moment without paying £1,500 to quarantine quarantine in a hotel for two weeks? And it's... It's those things, isn't it? The players have exemptions. If they go abroad, they have an elite sport exemption. But it's the fans and it's like, you know, who who's going to be able to... Because obviously they're proposing that these games, originally they want the domestic leagues to go on on a Saturday and then these games to be going on midweek. Who is going to be able to travel to Spain midweek to go and watch mm-hmm. a football game? Mm-hmm. I'd love to, but it ain't going to happen. It's not viable. It's not... Bees will be viable. It's not viable if you have a job. It's just not going to work. I mean, it's just not been thought about. They, I saw Bruno Fernandes put on his Instagram, I think. He said something like, dreams can't be bought. And it's yeah, like... I saw that, yeah. It's suddenly like, you're, ta- you're sort of taking away, not only obviously taking away the chances of them playing international and stuff like that, but it's said on there, like, the no relegation thing, you're taking away the competition. It's not sport anymore. It's just, it's all content instead. They're just doing it for entertainment rather than this is sport, you're working to be the best. Instead, you're just going, well, it doesn't matter if you lose every game because you're not getting relegated. It just, it, it takes away the aspect of like how Leicester won the league, like something that's yeah. completely random. And that's what you love football. You love football to watch these random things that happen. Unpredictability. And, yeah, unpredictability, yeah. yeah. If Leicester become the best team in the Premier League, the, the new Premier League will say, and you get their traps in the Premier League when really they should be in that this Super League, but mm. yet they can't get there. So I just don't understand what's the point of trying if you can't be able to get in this league and not get relegated? If Spurs are getting beat every game in this Super League and yet Leicester are there battering the Premier League, how does that make any sense? And then and there's obviously as well these five places. Obviously, there's the 15 founding members that should be respected at all costs and whatever. And then there's these five qualification places. But I just think with the reaction of UEFA, the FA and other footballing bodies in the last 24 hours, who in their right mind as a business, as a football club, is going to want to go through these qualifiers to be in this league that would banish them from playing any other football other than this league, Mm. which they may or may not get into just Mm. because it's this league. It makes no sense whatsoever. Like, it's the weirdest alienation I've ever, I've ever seen. It's, it's just like, I just, I just don't, I, I don't get it. I don't get the thought process at all. Like it's, it, it's baffling. It's just like, it's just money being thrown around because the fact that Bayern Munich have said no, and technically they are the best team in the world, but yet they're not going to be in the best league in the world, in the best league in the world. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just, if you've got enough money, you're allowed to be in it. I've heard that even just for being in the league, you get paid 
I don't know if this is correct, but I saw it somewhere. You get paid the same amount as if you'd win the Prem and come and win the Champions League or something like that, like 450 million or something, just to be part of this league. Like, mm. I don't understand where's this money coming from? Why is it necessary? It's being bankrolled by America, isn't it? It's being yeah. bankrolled by JP Morgan. And mm. they reckon that they're going to start their own broadcasting service, which is going to be like a streaming service like Netflix. Because then that prices out regular fans as well, because you've got to pay for Sky Sports, BT Sports, and then you're going to have another 20, 30 quid a month contract yeah. on top mm. of that. Already you're pricing out fans because they can't travel to the game. And now you're pricing out fans because they can't afford the subscriptions to watch those games. I was so going to touch I... on what you mentioned, Elliot, as well. How Bayern have said no to it. Who are these three other clubs that they've mentioned for the 15? Because yeah. Bayern have said no, Dortmund have said no, PSG, I think, have said no as well. Ajax have been teasing it, but they haven't committed yet. I think the it's fact not Exeter PSG... City. No, <laughs> it's a shame. The fact that we could, said, we could we could do with 450 million pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I think the fact that PSG have said no is a massive statement because yeah, you PSG assume, spends so much money. Yeah, <laughs> PSG are the money club. They're the, the club that spend all the money on the big players. Mm. But yet they're saying no you, to this massive league. You say you say that, but but the PSG owner has quite high stakes in being sports, which is basically Al Jazeera sports, and they've got mm. the Champions League rights for the world. Oh, uh, so with so with the PSG. Why. Yeah, with a PSG standpoint, their owner has rights in the Champions League, so he's got he's got almost a conflict of interest if he was going to join the European yeah. Super League. Okay, fine. But, yeah, disregard what I said then. But the French league have also come out and said that we're going to stand by PSG, and if they and mm-hmm. if they're going to withdraw from the club, then we're going to withdraw all of our clubs from it as well. Can I play devil's advocate here? Go on. Go How on. about the women's game? Because the European Super League has promised that the women's game is also going to also going to compete. Obviously, not with the men, but they're mm. also going to compete. Do you not think that that would be a very, very good uh, thing for the women's game to have this Super League come out? I've seen a lot about this women's European Super League being much of an afterthought and almost as much, again, playing devil's advocate to that point, is, is that almost... Because I think... There's been so much that's been said by, you know, owners that have been in this agreement that they knew that there'd be backlash. And actually, is there a point that actually them saying, but we can improve the women's game is a bargaining chip in terms of the women's game is on the up on its own. Yeah. You know, the women's game has improved so much on its own with very limited funding. And actually, you know, I think a lot of a lot of women's football players in exactly the same way would want the women's game to shine on on its own and not want to be bankrolled into success in the fact that it's on an upward trajectory. And I think, let it grow on its own. Let it go on that upward trajectory on its own because it's going in that direction. I don't think there's any merit in making the women's game a money game. So much about the women's game and so much about what people connect with women's football is the fact that it's where men's football was, say, 30, 40 years ago. There's so much that's genuine about it. And I think that's why a lot of people are getting behind it. And I think the reason what, like, the European Super League getting involved would ruin all of that almost. It would make it too commercial, do you think? Yeah, and I think the thing is, I'm not I'm not saying there's not a place for... Mm commercial in football there there is there is 100 yeah. a place for it football needs that there are you know there are grounds that you know make their running costs on commercial income commercial income is a very important part of football and it has its place but there is that you know kind of point where commercial income meets fan experience and I think it's something that we do very well at Exeter City it's something that a lot of clubs do very well and I think the problem with this is the fact that it's 100% commercial and 0% fan experience. And you need that balance. You need a balance. Otherwise, it, it doesn't work. As is plastered across many of these top six club stands at the moment, that football is nothing without the fans. It isn't. And this proposal is 100% commercial, 100% money and 0% fans. Do you think they're could be could be anything good to come out of it i mean you are going to see liverpool versus real madrid you're going to see liverpool versus barcelona you're going to see these big teams playing each other would that not be a more exciting experience to watch do you not know than, than liverpool versus Shakhtar Donetsk? yeah but do you not know think that's what the champions league is known yeah. for if, if your club's good enough to play against real madrid you'll get the opportunity to play against real madrid because you've mm. earned that right mm. to play against real madrid 
Like, and that's what the Champions League's been for, obviously. And I just don't understand why. How would it be better to play against Real Madrid every other, every week or every other week or whatever? See, sometimes seeing a team get dominated by Burnley or Fulham, it's just it's deserved, and they deserve to play against you, like as me, it's Man United, obviously. It's exactly the same as we talk about the magic of the FA Cup. As as Exeter City, you get into the third round of the FA Cup, or as Scarborough, you get into the first round proper of the FA Cup, and you're playing like a league team or a Premier League team, and it feels like the biggest thing in the world. Like, I remember what it was like in the city when Liverpool were coming to St. James's Park, or even recently when West Brom played at St. James's Park. Mm -hmm. Like, And if that had happened normally, like, you know, when Swansea came in pre-season as a Premier League club, it didn't mean as much because it was an arranged fixture. But the fact that we'd earned to get to the third round and, you know, one time when Liverpool came to St. James's Park, when we'd held them to a draw and they'd come to St. James's Park on merit is unreal. The fact that you've earned that. And I think, you know, playing Swansea in a pre-season friendly, like we knew we were going to be played off the park because they're on a lot better team than us but it's that magic of the FA Cup in you know the magic of the Champions League where you know you've earned it and you feel like you could go out and you could do something because you've earned to get to this place and therefore how you know why why can't you do it again because you've got there do you think that the rivalries in the Premier League will will change because oh, they're gone <laughs> they're gone what is the point there's no there were no Merseyside derby I mean, it just ruins all these traditions, all, all this rivalry. You still have Liverpool be... versus Manchester United. Do you think the fans will still line the streets to watch that? No, if it's not in the Premier League, I don't I think. think, I'm not going to lie to you, if this happens, I think a lot of fans... All right, all right, hypothetical. <laughs> Manchester United versus Liverpool to win the European Super League. Would you not, would that not be a good spectacle? Not, I don't want to lie to you. I don't even know if I'm going to be a United fan after this. I've generally decided, like, not decided, but I've generally thought about just supporting local count, stop or counting. We're, we're always looking for trust members at Exeter City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll invest a few few quid. Two yeah, pound a month. Yeah, it will shake up the Premier League so much as well. When you think, without those six clubs in it, what are the big games of that season? All of a sudden, because you lose the big name ones like mm. the Merseyside derby, that's not like Liverpool have gone, the Manchester derby's gone. What are you left with? Barnsley v Leeds, mm. Sheffield United, Palace v versus Leeds. Fulham. Yeah, yeah exactly. Pal- Palace, not... West Ham, oh, Palace yeah. Brighton, Palace Brighton, the biggest derby in the world for some reason, nobody knows why. Exactly. Mm. You're left with like I'm not gonna say you're left with nothing because obviously every derby has that great atmosphere, but you don't have the big name ones all of a sudden. And mm. I mean, I think the Premier League would survive if they did it, but it wouldn't be half as big without those big six clubs because of all the history of it and stuff like that. Another thing well, as well is that sometimes these big games they don't live up to the billing. Do you know what I mean? You watch, mm. they get drawn, and then you'll have like Madrid versus um, Liverpool like in Champions League, and it finishes like nil-nil. And if that, if that starts happening every single week in the Super League, and it's either just going to be a really high score line or a draw, like where's the excitement of, because there's no underdog. Who's the underdog in the Super League it's to up. play against? Arsenal. I mean? like, <laughs> Tottenham. Yeah, Tottenham. Arsenal and yeah. Tottenham. But yeah, but like, you, if Arsenal beat United, I'd be like, all right, cool. I don't really care, but yeah. it's it's bigger uproar with Fulham or West Brom or shit. Like you say, Sheffield United this year beat United. It's just yeah. it's an uproar, isn't it? And it's almost like, oh, you get really mad. But if Arsenal beat United, I really couldn't care. I just I really couldn't give a crap. You're listening to the Regulars Podcast. Want to keep up to date with our latest content? Drop us a cheeky follow on Instagram and Twitter at Regulars Pod UK. Right, Yaz, we have a jukebox of dreams here at the Lockdown Inn, and the jukebox has some quite clear rules. You have to pick three bangers, bangers that you would put on in a pub, and it's go- and they've got to be bangers. They have got to be bangers, okay? If the jukebox doesn't like it, it will spit it out, much to the adjudication of George Elliott, Charlie, and myself. But first, I haven't asked you what you're drinking tonight. What are you drinking here in a lockdown? <laughs> <laughs> um, so much in solidarity, I have got a pint of water because um, I speak a lot, as you've probably guessed, <laughs> um, and my throat gets quite dry. <laughs> um, and to accompany my glass of water, 
I'll have a glass of red wine. I had a house roast yesterday in typical uni fashion. We had our monthly roast. It was lamb. Got some red wine for the lamb. Finishing it off. It's a red wine. Which brand of red wine? Um, so this is a yellowtail, um, fresh oh. from Australia. Um, it's called Jammy Red Rue. It's it's um an entry level red wine. Um, very fruity. I'm not a huge red wine person, but we can we can deal with this. Someone smashed two bottles of Jammy Red Rue in Tesco on Friday, and it went Oops. everywhere. And I'm oh, sorry for bringing back those that. memories for you. Sorry about that, mate. That was me, I, mate. Sorry. Absolute flashbacks. That was absolute mm-hmm. flashbacks. But anyway, yes. Moving on to more important matters. What is the first song you are going to be putting in the lockdown in jukebox? Um, this this is a very difficult one. Um, much of the same. I've spent a long day on emails. I've also spent a long day on my Spotify trying to pick three songs. Um, <laughs> on from our previous point, uh, all my playlists on Spotify are named after drinks um, that encapsulate the mood of the playlist. So we've been exploring today, but the first is a FIFA song. Um, it's Dreaming by Small Oh, so I yes. don't know if you know. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. It's on my morning playlist again. My dream pub night is sitting in the pub with FIFA songs. How good is that? How much oh, do you want beautiful. that? Like student do. night in the students' union, cheap pints and FIFA songs. Is there much more to love? I don't think so. <laughs> Oh, you know, That's you cool. say FIFA songs, but I think the best video game soundtrack is uh, Need for Speed Underground 2. Boo! No, FIFA! <laughs> you load up and Riders on the Storm comes on and you're driving your little Audi TT like that. Oh, oh, oh. i tell you what, beautiful. But FIFA bangers, FIFA bangers are always welcome here. Yeah, I'm sorry, mm. Jed. There's nothing better than winning a game on FIFA, last minute winner. And then you've gone onto the loading screen afterwards and John Newman loved me again <laughs> or something like that. There's there's no better feeling than that. I'm sorry. Yeah. What isn't on the list and is an absolute banger is The Nights by Avicii. Oh, yeah. Oh, that comes on in the yes. club. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Unreal. That is that is a top-tier FIFA song. Everyone turns around to their friends and go, oh, my God, this is on FIFA. And they're, they're clicking, their, clicking their fingers like that. Oh, my God, it's on FIFA. That was, that was, I, a, good, I, I, that was a good impression of me there, mate. Class. This is exactly I feel what I like do. my whole music taste is just stemmed from FIFA. Obviously. Absolutely. It gives you, like, a range as well. Especially, mm. in like, past that stage of, like, where like oh, now it's just more, like, drum and bass, isn't it? And then mm. playing on FIFA just takes you away from that and gets you back to some classic bangers. And it's just a mm. nice change. When I went to see Catfish and the Bottleman, I wasn't 100% sure on who I was listening to <laughs> until they played Cocoon. Was it Cocoon was on FIFA? Yeah, yeah Cocoon yeah. was on FIFA. Until they played, well, they opened with Cocoon. I was like, oh, ah. Catfish and the Bottleman. <laughs> Charlie, have you got a favourite FIFA song? I don't I don't play FIFA that much, mate, if I'm honest. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't spend much time on my Xbox. I, t- I tend to dust it down when I play on it much. Um He's in the gym and too much. That's what yeah, I was going to yeah. say that. Yeah. Gym in it and, and gym, being, a pro- gym. being a proper sport journalist as well. Yeah. Gym, cricket, other things journalist. Keep me keep me busy. So it might be one game every blue moon that I might play. It might just progress my Middlesbrough career mode on another week. Well, I think the jukebox is uh, unanimously accepting the first choice of the evening. Yasmin, mm-hmm. can you hit us with a second? Well, on the gym, in my spare time, which I don't have much of, but I do have spare time. I compete in weightlifting um, for my university. So my second choice is Make or Break by Bugsy Malone. Life is only what you make of it. We're born alone and time begins to fit. I pray you, I pray you never let it break you. Break you. I don't know if you people are uh, rap or grime people. But the head when you know we're going out in a competition, the headphones go on, and this this is what I play. It starts slow, um, you know, it's very like spoken word in the first bit, and the beat goes, and it's it pumps you up, but it's not like a house pump you up. It's like a the words are pumping you up, like mm-hmm. so that's yeah, 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 like it's a it's a. For me, it was very much a pre-drink song, kind of. It's pumping you up for the night. 
I want to get back into the weightlifting. Can we talk about that instead? That's class. <laughs> yeah, no, that. it's um, it's my little um, yeah. There are kind of two two little like cards that I throw into the ring. One being I sit on the board of a football of a the owner of an owner of a football club, um, and two I competitively weightlift. So yeah, that's that's my two. You know, when they ask for an interesting fact, those are the two that I go for to, gen- generally. Do you know what? I struggle with the first, the fourth bar down on the bloody seated row, let alone do oh, weightlifting. What's your mm. personal best, Yes, I weightlift Olympic weightlifting. So I do the snatch and the clean and jerk, which if you've ever seen that, it's mental. Um, I think as a sport, it defines me perfectly. Um, it's throwing heavy weight above your head. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it's been a long time since I've been able to properly do my sport, given the fact that gyms have been closed and things like that not been able to compete in a while which has been really sad um but yeah love it absolutely love it it's crazy um and yeah can i ask about this is really off topic and really random but i'd like to bring it in do you have pre-workout when you go to, before you go to the gym or before you weight lift i tend to have a coffee um oh, i'm a huge okay. i'm a huge fat or a monster ultra of some variety like a sugar free yeah, what, monster what's the best monster ultra please you know what i had i had the ultra fiesta for the first time the other day which is in the like tastes like lilt it's yeah. unreal that's my um, second favorite yeah and the purple one. Oh no 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 right we can't be friends sorry but, but <laughs> you can't the green like i don't have a favorite i'm i'm very much one of those people that doesn't ever have favorites i can't think of a single favorite that i have of anything other than a favorite football club, which is ecstasy obviously but like in terms of like a favorite anything else like i don't have a favorite color i don't have a favorite food i don't have a favorite drink i don't have a favorite, <sighs> favorite song like i don't do favorites like i mm. i'm criminal at sitting on the fence but <laughs> couple is ultra fiesta ultra the green one is it paradise ultra yeah, paradise, paradise the green one the purple one and the white one yeah the white is my top my favorite those are my yeah. top four the white one you can't beat i used to work yeah. in the spoons we used to do that we used to make like pictures oh, of pictures, like different yeah. random soft oh, the drinks well nice, yeah yeah honestly when they used to do you can still do it we used to do it with the monster juiced but it's now mango loco monster monster ultra and an orange and passion fruit j2o in a pitcher ultimate soft drink at spoons sorry about live one that's <laughs> all right do you know what is tasty that going yeah. into the jukebox, Bugsy Malone going into the jukebox. <laughs> I felt like ages ago you said Bugsy Malone. Sorry. Monster Song chat three. probably won't make it into the podcast. No, it bloody fun. will. It bloody <laughs> will make yeah, it. Yeah, of course it will. Song three, please, Miss Yeston. Weston. Weston. Easton. Easton. Yeston. That's the first and last Yeston. name. Yeston. Um, this is a throwback to Freshest Week when my life peaked. It's Heartbeat by Scouting for Girls. So scouting for girls played at my freshers week. That's class. Oh, didn't they? Honestly, honestly, when they played scat like heartbeat, um, and she's so lovely, I lost my goddamn mind. To be fair, scouting for girls is like pretty much the song of like the band of the noughties. Them busted and McFly mm-hmm. were like peak two thousand five. I think I was what like four or five when busted split up like i was young when busted split up but i remember crying like i cried when i found out they broke up and i was like a small child but i had like they were like busted was my first cd i ever bought with like i think like i went into hmv and my mom was like do you want to buy a cd and i was like oh yeah like i'll get busted's like live of their like tour they did and i used to listen to it all the time and when they broke up heartbreaking Anyway, Scouting for Girls is going into the jukebox. So, Yasmin, you are a huge fan of F1. Please keep us up to date with what happened at Imola this weekend. I mean, it was just it was just pure carnage. It was just absolute pure carnage. Like, I, I can't, like, how, how do you even have headlines for what happened? I mean, Verstappen wins. Lewis Hamilton carves his way from eighth to second, like the absolute goat that he is. Lando Norris gets third. There's the biggest drama of the season in the second race where Bottas, Mercedes driver, ends up 
crashing with George Russell Academy Mercedes driver potentially in there for 2022. I mean, Netflix could make a whole season of Drive to Survive based on that episode. Throughout that race, Netflix will have been literally rubbing their hands together for the whole thing. All weekend, to be fair, the qualifying, I think it was the closest qualifying between the top eight since about 2012. There was only, I think, four tenths of a second uh, between the top eight drivers, which is like the last few years is unheard of. And then the wet race, the crash, Russell slapping Bottas, like just so much drama. Hamilton almost crashing himself out. Verstappen and Hamilton wheel to wheel going into the field of the Tamburillo chicane. Hamilton is forced wide and he's lost a little bit of bodywork as well. Oh, and that is Nicholas Latifi in the Williams, and he is out. Oh, and that is Mick Schumacher at the exit of the pit lane. I say he was warming his tyres up. Oh, dear. And lost it. Oh, and sliding off the road goes the Mercedes of Lewis Hamilton. He's kept the engine running. This is absolute disaster for Lewis Hamilton. So oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, that's why. And we're going to get a safety car now because that's Valtteri Bottas and George Russell who are out of this race. What the f- was he doing? Honestly, just for what? The race has now been red flagged. The fact that Lando gets third in qualifying, gets his lap deleted and then finishes third in the race, unreal. The qualifying session just at the end, everyone crossing the line and you're going, oh my God, Lando's got P3. And then about 10 seconds later, shit, the time's been deleted. It It was chaos. From this from this weekend, Bottas is finished He's in done. the Mercedes C. I mean, the fact that he did like I understand it's the start of the race, it's in the wet for a large majority of the first half of the race, but Bottas was in the midfield and was una- unable to make places. In fact, he lost places in the first 30 laps. There's the red flag, Lewis is down to eight, Bottas is DNF'd, and Lewis manages in 30 laps to get from eighth to second in exactly the same car. Bottas is done. I think if Lewis wins this season, I can see him retiring. I would love to see Norris and Russell in a Mercedes. But at the same time, new regs, it's anyone's game. I, As somebody who's supported McLaren ever since, you know, uh, Lewis and Jensen were in McLaren, I'd love to see them get back up the pecking order. And I'd love to see... Lando Norris get there with them and Danny Rick as well because I think they're both amazing personalities amazing drivers I'm I am controversially a big fan of Dan Tictum the academy driver he's an aggressive driver he's an you know a double Macau Grand Prix champion for a reason um in the same way I'd love to see Jamie Chadwick be the first you know one of the first women in F1 as well uh... Jamie Chadwick and Sophia Flush are probably the two female drivers I'm really hoping can make it because Sophia, after that massive crash she had at, was it at Macau? It was, it was Macau, it? yeah. Yeah, she had a massive crash there a couple of years ago and now she's back racing. Billy Monger had his massive crash, but mm. I think he's doing more punditry now than racing. Now, there are just so many young drivers that we're sort of getting to a stage where there aren't enough seats for drivers, for good drivers, because there's like... Obviously, I'd rather not have Mazepin in F1, but you got like Callum Eilot didn't get a seat. Jack Aitken, he uh, stood in for a race and did a pretty good job, to be fair. Uh, so did Pietro Fittipaldi, he did good. There's loads of like young drivers coming through. It's like Sonoda and Mick Schumacher came in this season. Uh, there's still people like Nick DeVream, Formula E, mm. are probably capable of F1 as well. Eight hours later. <laughs> Drink up, drink up, and order again. 
So now we move on to the last, what is it called? Last Orders quiz? I don't know. Come on, man. <laughs> Jesus. We've done this six episodes, you know, Jed. Yasmin no, probably knows more about this podcast than I do. And George, to be fair, she's Jed. been here every episode. So, yeah. ever the yeah. professional, Jed. Oh, I am exquisite. We move on to the last orders quiz, and the first question of the night goes to George Sanderson. Why am I always oh, we first? Oh, we haven't got a prize. Dun, dun, dun. We haven't got a prize. You fall, you, you you know, I'm, so I'm so prepared for this evening. I'm so prepared for this evening. A few minutes later. The prize tonight, and you're going to like this. It is a very, very posh, posh prize. He's now forgotten when he moves away from the mic, we can't hear him. A TARDIS. It is a TARDIS. The the, the prize TARDIS. But it's a TARDIS pencil case. But it's a pencil case, but it's made out of wood. So it's like more like a pencil holder. A little longer than a few minutes later. But the doors open, the doors open forward, but I'm not going to do that because all my pens are going to fall out. But that is the most Jed possession I've ever seen in my life. I'm, I'm, I might sabotage my answer because I don't actually want it. <laughs> I, just I just fail on purpose. Okay, George, sabotage this answer. How long was Mourinho at Tottenham for? Oh, no, I, I think it was 17 months, but I don't want to say it because I don't want the point. <laughs> I think it was what? 17... Oh, I, I love the time. Go on, George. Just, to just, be fair, yeah, um, actually, yeah, sabotage the answers because it's very, very handy. It is bigger on the inside. You literally just said that you don't want to open the doors because everything falls out. That <laughs> kind of defeats the point of a pencil case, Chad. Imagine waltzing into exam. Everyone's got clear pencil cases. I'm bringing this big old wooden TARDIS <laughs> and I slap it down in front. But yes, how long was Mourinho at Tottenham for? I'm going to say 17 months. It's, it might not even be right. It is 17 months. God damn it. I'm taking one for the team, lads. If I win it, I'll smash it up for you. <laughs> uh, the next question goes to Charlie. I've heard from Charlie for a long time. Is he still alive? Yeah, I'm afraid I'm just at a loss with everything that's going on in the footballing world at the moment. So He's a true uh, fan. I just He's died along with football. Yeah, I literally <laughs> don't have anything to say. I literally can't think of anything to say. It's just a black, it's a blank canvas, mate. There's just nothing inside. The lights are on, but no one's at home. <laughs> I'm afraid. I just, I feel like they're lost. Keep it light and breezy. Come on. Uh, mate. After all. But yeah, what was the question? Charlie, the second question is for you. How much money was Tesco fined for selling out-of-date food this week? I always get the shit questions. What kind of a how, question how is that? How am I going to know this? Uh, Does anyone else know this? Because I'm, Jed's I'm, been sent this. Jed's been sent this on a company email, hasn't he? He's been like, Guys, this is the CEO of Tesco. Don't sell out of date food because I've just had to pay this bill. Don't ever do it again. Sincerely, Mr. Tesco man. Where have you found this question? Was it on BBC News, was it? The the offending items were found at two Tesco Expressals. So two two stores have had to pay this amount of money. Oh, eight, oh. eight million? If I round it up, you'll get the point. <laughs> I round it up, you'll get the point. Fucking it's 7.56 million. What a guess that is. Ooh, just round it up. <laughs> yeah, one all. Just got it. Oh, Elliot, here is a lovely question today. In the technology world, what has NASA successfully done today? What have NASA done today? How is that not vague? <laughs> yeah. yeah, to be yeah, fair, these is, questions. It, it's front page news. They sent a rover to Mars. Oh, they've, there's something they sent to Mars. I'll take half a point. You can take half a point. Fine. It's on Go Mars. On. They have oh, flown a helicopter drone on Mars, guys. And the final question falls to Yaz. Now, Yaz is a university student in Bath. And today, the Labour leader, Sakia Starmer, was thrown out of a pub in Bath. But Yaz, which pub was it? I actually know this because I've been there before. <laughs> um, the Raven in Bath, shout out, went there when it was eat out to help out and had an excellent pie. Um, but I have seen the video and Keir Starmer was thrown out of the Raven in Bath. Well done. So it's one, one, one half. The tiebreaker question tonight is how much can China say it will save over 20 years by switching from coal power to renewable energy? Are you a frigging teacher or something? What? Come on now, lad. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not answering. You know what? I'm you going to do is, my guess now just to put myself is, out the this, running. This is, this is all on the BBC News front page website. Okay. One pound. That's my guess. I don't good want the TARDIS. Good, good one, George. Good, <laughs> good is, that, guess. is that your serious guess? No. 
<laughs> Thank God you didn't say that, mate, because I'd have just left if you'd have guessed that one pound. <laughs> um, given the the topic of the podcast, I'm going to say 450 million. Oh, very good. Ooh. It's a little bit bigger than that. I shouldn't have given that away. Charlie? Um, I'm going to go for 750 million. 750 million over 20 years is not right. The chance for the steal. Clearly, the well-sought-after TARDIS goes to Elliot Richardson. Elliot Richardson... Who is eating an apple in the most aggressive fashion (laughs) I've ever seen in my life. I'm not even going to be answering the question. He's not even in the title. Oh, you got a point. Oh, what? yeah. Why do you think I'm muting myself and eating an apple? I'm not going to be part of it. Last Order's quiz has been an absolute shit show this evening. And that's only because <laughs> really of has. me. Because last Order's were an apple. Yes. Elliot is going for an apple because... Do you know what? He's giving Elliot up hope. Win. Elliot wins this week because he got half a point and everybody got one. So he stood out from the crowd. He was one of the top six that stood out for the crowd, stood up for himself and got the question wrong. So, Elliot Richardson this week is the winner of the illustrious TARDIS handmade wooden pencil case. George has got a job in the edit, let's just say that. Oh, I'm looking forward to this one. This is going to be a He's got two minutes of dead air whilst I was just looking looking for a question. I've got that, and I've got less time than usual to do it as well. I have a day less than I normally have. No one's one's going to slag you off. Just do it overnight. Yeah, no one's going to slag you off. You don't do it for Wednesday. Don't you oh, to be fair, it's going to be done for Wednesday. It'll be fine. Right, so that's all we have time for at the lockdown in tonight. We want to thank Elliot Richardson. Who's thank you. Apple. Thank you, thank you. The ever so quiet Charlie Hopper this evening. Thank you very much, gents, and nice to meet you, Yasmin. George Sanderson. Our re- our, uh, I, am, I am all over the places. George Sanderson, our resident driver. Thank you very Jeez, much. Jed. <laughs> <laughs> what an absolute shit. So, Yasmin, I'm sorry that you've had to endure my awful hosting skills, but thank you for coming on to our quiz tonight. Our quiz, our podcast. What is wrong with you? What is going on? Thank you for coming on tonight, Yasmin. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. You are welcome back anytime. We even ask you what you, what you were drinking, mate. What you, did we ask you that? Yeah. We don't what know, was we drinking? Yeah, I didn't think you said it. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking Grey Goose and Tesco lemon and lime zero because I'm yeah. on a health kick, so I'm going for <laughs> as little calories as possible. Jed's on a health kick because we go to the football and we dr- eat nothing but fast food because we spend, as Exeter fans and Exeter staff, hurtling up and down many motorways. All of the money has come from Ollie Watkins' beautiful goal against San Marino. Take with Ollie Watkins. if you're drinking every time he mentions Ollie Watkins. Oh, shut up, oh, you. I'm worse. I'm worse. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm actually worse, like genuinely, like I am like Ollie Watkins lives in my head rent free. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to go into the podcast, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you ever so much for listening to the regulars podcast. We will join you next week in the lockdown in where we will be joined by who knows? <laughs> Someone <laughs> last Such is the preparation that goes into this podcast. Thank you ever so much for listening. Good night. <laughs>